Welcome to the Ted and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. I'm Ted. That happens to be Brad. That's a very beautiful mask you're wearing, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, you like the head and shaved in, in about, well, since Saturday morning. Is that what it it's is? It's been almost a week. So are, week, are you so. doing this just because that we're on furlough right now, basically? Or? Well, well, you and I aren't on furlough. We're still having well, to come into the studio. Yeah, Everybody truth. else is on our staff. Well, And they're working from home. Yeah. Um, it, it's either that or, you know, just kind of being lazy or the fact that, most of my uh, public appearances and things have canceled and things, ah, and so I can't. Okay. I think the biggest reason, though, is because it irritates my mother-in-law who lives with us. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, although, okay, I did a, I did a TV appearance yesterday for I was uh, co-hosting uh, um, on Channel Twelve their midday show, and my mother-in-law watched it, and she was like, she told my wife, she said. Well, Ted does kind of look good with a little scruff on his face, so oh. I'm probably going to shave it off here in the next day or two. Oh, well, I was so. going to say, you should grow it longer than your hair, you know, since the hair All right, is. so we've been doing this now. This is our fourth episode, believe it or not. It is. They haven't kicked us out the door yet, and uh, um, let me see if I can explain this, because you, you've done it every other time. Okay. We call it the Hoffa Day Podcast, right. because Brad learned when he was on the island of Guam, uh, broadcasting over there for a period of time, Hoffa Day just means, hey, what's going on? How you doing? That type thing, basically. Right on. So there we are. You got it. All right, so it's probably no no stranger if you're listening to us right here in the month of April or if you're listening to us in the future, maybe not. But uh, there's some really uncertainty going on with uh, with our country right now, the yeah. world, really, the whole world, with uh, the coronavirus, the um, COVID-19 going on. And where we are right now with us when we're fi- recording this, um, California just went on complete lockdown. Um, everybody at California has to stay put. I know you've got family members that that impacts yes, greatly. Yes, that is correct. Um, I think Seattle and New York will follow suit here soon yes, with that. probably. Uh, we're still trying to bend the curve back down to keep the curve down on the number of, uh, of, of people that are getting this and things. Um, so everybody in our culture right now, and you probably remember this, or if you're not experiencing it right now, um, we're sitting here social distancing. Mm-hmm. We've called, we've told our radio station staff here last Monday to go home, work from home. The only two people that are really coming in here regularly is me and Brad. Brad That's for it. his afternoon show, me for the morning show. We are currently practicing six feet social distancing yes here, yes so, we are uh just yes. to be safe so that's kind of where we are right now and one of the things that we do on this podcast uh, most every every session is we chase the rabbit we talk about a current trend there's no bigger rabbit than what we're facing right now that's so, true a couple questions brad okay what do you think people need most during these times um i would say hope and encouragement and the truth I meant there's just so much informa- misinformation out there that comes in from from this global pandemic that we're experiencing right now. But I think someone needs to come along, social distancing, obviously, and say, you know, hey, we're going to get through this. You know, it's it's going to be tough for a few minutes, but this is... I don't know about you, Ted, but I think this is all going to bounce back. I mean, I, I seriously think this is, um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I watch the stock market and stuff like that just to see the trends about what's going on. And from what I can just glean out of it and talking to some people, it's going to roar back and, and, and America's just going to flourish after this is all over I, I think so I, I agree with you that's where i believe um i think it's going to happen once it's all done kind of like world war ii they say when world war ii was over with man it just everybody was oh if the war's over and they were spending money again and and all of that investing and and everything from there you said something a minute ago though we we get we get too much news 
We do. Is what we do. You know, we live in a society where, I mean, there's 24-hour news access and multiple places. You can, I mean, when you and I grew up, we had three channels. That was it. You know, 3, 11, and 12. And, uh, and for, for here, here um, no, it was 3, 12, and 9 here locally. That's all you would have had, NBC, ABC, and CBS. Yeah. And PBS for Sesame Street. Um, yeah. But uh, um, And so you didn't get news all the time. They very rarely, and it had to be something very important, like the president was shot or something like that, to break into programming with some kind of major news story. But now it's everywhere. But then beyond that, you get all our social media craze, and you have people reposting what they think is news. And I've been guilty. I've been guilty of sharing an article that wasn't true. That I, I shared it because the headline looked good, and oh yeah, I believe this. And the people that shared it, I trust in them. And then when I, somebody would point out a negative comment, what about this? And then I'd go back and read the article, I'm like ooh, yeah, I shouldn't have posted this. I shouldn't have shared this. Why do you think we have such a tendency of doing that? Um, it could be political because people do not like the president. They want to see him fall. I meant that's just one side. But I think on the other side, people are just um, are ignorant. I mean, I remember reading a post a while ago, probably about a month ago. This guy posted the back end of a of a Lysol can that said kills coronavirus. And <laughs> I, I didn't post it, but it's actually on the can. But it's, you know, you're not going to go and say, hey, spray everything down with, well, obviously you should with Lysol, but is it that coronavirus? Right. I think there's just so too many people speculating and they're running with that speculation of what's going to be happening next. And they don't have the true hard facts in front of them. They don't have the wisdom and the discernment. And they definitely are not asking God which way it should go. You know, I'll confess, uh, when this all started breaking this coronavirus, I was one of those people that thought, oh, it's just one political party trying to bash the other political party, and there's so many good things going on with our president and that type thing that this political party is wanting to bash them, and, and so this coronavirus thing is just this big overblown, you know, that's what I thought. And then as it's gotten into it, I still think there's that share of people jabbing back and forth politically with it, but it is a real deal. It, it's a real deal. And oh, yeah. A lot of people are dying and things. Um, next question is, uh, how do we, because, I mean, our job is to share hope and encouragement in the mornings and the afternoons. That's our job. Our job is to come in here and do that on the radio. How do we do that during these times? I think some of the, the things that, that we've been doing on the afternoon show is just trying to find ways for people to save money. I think well, that's one of the biggest anxieties right now. I mean, we just heard that the um, Tennessee Aquarium has just laid off 112 people. Yeah. I mean, there's places all over the Tennessee Valley that are, you know, shutting down shop. I just heard Volkswagen's going to be closing for, for a, a week. week. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the big things. It's like, hey, this we're going to get through these tough times, but I know you're going to have to juggle your finances. Hey, I just found out this. Or I just found out this. You're going to save a 50% off pizza or X, Y, and Z. Uh, please take advantage of it. Or Food City is hiring 2,300 people because they're expecting the surge oh, really? of more people eating at home than eating in restaurants. And so there's hope. There's encouragement. Exactly. Um, you know, do you think I – th I think our listeners probably want to hear about 50-50. They want to hear what's going on. They want us to keep them in the loop. They want us to talk about how you can find hope and encouragement – but then half the time, they, they want to break. They want to retreat from all that. They want what's normal, what they would normally hear on your show, what they would normally hear on my show, you know, in the mornings and the afternoons and those type things. 
So let's 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 talk about that for a second because uh, I would say most people don't know this. What goes into planning a radio show? Holy cow! When you sit down, you think, okay, I'm on the radio three o'clock Friday afternoon. How do you plan that show? The, okay, so most people think that we just run in here in the studio and just talk about what's, what's ever on the top of our minds, and that's definitely not what's going on. I meant um, I have actually got uh, probably about 10 years backed up daily on what happens on my show that last year on this date and see if I can bring something into today's or today's date that is relevant to what's going on. Um, it usually takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of talking to people to find out, you know, what's top of the mind on with them, because we could actually just go to the newspaper or we could just go to what we call our prep services where people just put little blips and things like, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, we don't want things that are interesting. I mean, if you can find it on the internet, you can find it on the internet. Sure. We, we want to be able to share um, what's going on in our lives relative to your life, but benefiting you. That actually takes a lot of work, too, because we just can't throw a whole bunch of typewritten words on a piece of paper and just start reading it. We've got to digest it. Uh, I got to ask my wife, Beth, hey, Beth, you know, how is this affecting you? Or what's going on over here? Or, you know, check this out. Is this really relevant to what's going on with women today? you know, it it doesn't stop. I mean, we prep 24 hours a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could lay in bed and have an idea, wake up and throw it on a piece of paper and then develop it from that. So Yeah, I have a file on my phone to where uh, I'm out. If I see show prep, I just type it up, type it in there so I'll remember. Because if not, it's going to be gone and I'll forget about it. I usually prep my show the day before. Uh, so I've got 24 hours to be thinking about how am I going to deliver this content on the radio and and i start every time when i go to prep my show with prayer first and then i lay out all my songs i see what songs we do that ahead of time so we have music logs right. we know what songs we're doing ahead of time right uh god plans that and preps that he does the programming because we hear people all the time yeah that song you played at just the right time i needed it most and it's like that's a total god thing yeah. because he planned it out ahead of time um and then I, I pray over my show first and then the first thing i do is i go to the morning devotion and I find out where does that best fit in the songs and things there. And then I'll start laying out the topics of the different, okay, I need something for encouragement. I need something that's funny. I need something that's a little bit more serious. Oh, here's a station thing that I need to talk about, like J-Fest or share or those type things. And so we put all those together, and like Brad was saying, we plan our shows with you in mind, yeah. trying to figure out what's going to be, how is God going to use our words to connect with you? Um, you know, He said something about there on all the websites and stuff like that there's all kinds of interesting stuff but what i find interesting is dull to brad what brad finds interesting is absurd to you you know it just goes around and around that type we interesting is is not necessarily good and if you can sit in detroit michigan and hear an announcer talk about something and i could do that same thing here in chattanooga tennessee that's probably not relation, you know, relational or that type of thing. And that's the other word is relational. Yes. We want to make sure that we are relational to you, that we are carrying our relationship because we care for you. We love you and we want to make sure we're here for you. You know, it's all about family. That's yeah. what it is. How would you talk to your family? And just think or think of somebody that you're talking to across the table, you know, have, we're having coffee at, at Starbucks mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, you wouldn't come up and just all of a sudden in complete silence and then all of a sudden I break the silence and go, 
Hey, did you know that there's a, a, you know, hey, there's a brand new da-da-da-da-da, you know, and you'd be like, what is he talking about? (laughs) So what? (laughs) Exactly. Well, my final question here as we chase this rabbit in back into its hole, does it wear you out having to be positive and upbeat the entire time when everybody around you is in doubt? It can be draining when there are certain people around uh, the Debbie Downers and stuff like that because you could be influenced by them, but... uh, I think that, you know, since, you know, Jesus is our personal Savior, we can always, I don't want to say fall back on it, but it's just one thing that we keep in our forefronts, uh, you know, keep your eyes upon Jesus, look deep into his eyes, heavenly face, something, I don't know what that is. That'd be a good song. Yeah. Or a hymn. That'd be a good hymn. I'll try. (laughs) Uh, But... I don't know about you, but I just do not like surrounding myself with Debbie Downers. And if I find myself subconsciously, I just move away from them Mm -hmm. and I move to a different entity and start uh, either um, finding a new set or, um, you know, whatever. And now if it's my wife, you know, Beth, and uh, she's got a downer, then, you know, I sit there and I listen and say, you know, well, it's going to be better and remember this and remember that and try to encourage her. I think that's the one thing, too. But, you know, since I accepted Christ, I I really haven't lost all that positivity yet. Yeah. I'll tell you, for me, after being, and and this is who I am, from the moment I get up in the morning, I'm I'm the optimist. I'm the eternal optimist, and and I see the glass is not half full but overflowing, and and all day long. And some people think, dude, are you real? Seriously, you know. But I try to be. Now, there's times that I I have emotions and feelings. You know, I get down in times. But after being that way all day long, and then I get home, I have to be real careful that I don't turn it completely off for my family too because mm. if i'm not careful i'll go home after being up and positive and trying to encourage everybody all the time and then i get home and i'm just like i'm tired i'm, I'm just worn out yeah you know we've had some big decisions to make here with all of this going on here recently and my wife asked me the other day she said or she told me she said yeah lauren our daughter i said uh dad under a lot of pressure a lot of stress and she was like I don't know, maybe. I've kind of sensed that, too. And so she asked me about it. I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Because I am. I do have. I'm not worried because I know God's in control. But it has been weighing heavy on my heart. Hmm. And, uh, you know, by this time, by the time this is airing, everybody will know, JFest was postponed. And back before we postponed that, you know, that thought was on my mind. Hey, we're going to have to postpone this thing because they're not going to allow us to have it in the park at that time because of the pro the no large gatherings are allowed and everything and you're talking 10,000 plus people and so the whole again while moving it to a new date is not I mean it's huge it's big but it's not it doesn't bother me because they're just they're just logistics you can change logistics right exactly but the thought of oh my goodness I'm delaying people and people are looking forward to that and they're they're with everything that's going on they were looking forward to J-Fest on Saturday May 9th and now we got to bump it back to August 1st you know to make that in that limbo or it may all blow over, and we may still be able to have it on May 9th. You know? Right. So all of those were just kind of pressing on me, and uh, and I was taking it home. And I was my wife and, and kids could recognize that in me. So um, so pray for us. Pray for us as we do that. Pray that Brad uh, keeps all the Debbie Downers a, a good social distance away from him. Exactly. And, uh, uh, and just pray that we can handle all that. Are you feeling better that you finally made the decision? Yeah, yeah big time, big time. Especially when you contact – 
when some of the major logistics just kind of fall into place, it's mm. like, okay, God, I know you're in control. Right. You got this. And then God had to remind me, Ted, you know what? Sat- Saturday, May 9th, there's probably a group of people that weren't going to be able to be there. Ah. But now that it's August 1st, they will be able to, and they're going to make a connection with me. Awesome. You know, that's what I have to keep thinking. That's right. That type thing. Awesome. So, all right, let's move on. Let's, uh, um, over the last several podcasts, We've talked about our radio journeys. We've talked about our faith journey. We've talked about our romantic journey. Our boy, do you have any girlfriends contact you from the last podcast? Oh, no, not yet. Me either. Me either. We're good. We're safe. Today, I want to talk about our academic journey. Oh? Yeah. I started off, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, there was no kindergarten when I was growing up. Hmm. Um, that was just, I mean, they probably had some things in churches or something like that. But so I went to first grade. That was my first experience other than vacation Bible schools at church with the educational system. So I had to learn my colors, my numbers, and all that at, you know, five and a half, almost six years old. Was at Bates Elementary School there. Great teachers can remember most of them by name um, all the way through first through sixth grade. I was supposed to have been bused in the fourth grade. When I was in fifth grade is when they rolled out busing in Louisville for the civil rights and all of that. Yeah. And uh, my... My, because my last name began with a G, the two grades that I was supposed to be bus was fourth grade and seventh grade. Hmm. And so I missed, I was already past the fourth grade, so I didn't have to worry about that one. So I got to finish up my elementary school first through sixth grade. Same, same school all six years hmm. of that. Middle school, um, I was seventh, seventh grade. My first year of middle school, I was bused downtown Whoa. Louisville. Wow. About an hour on a bus is what I spent every day. Not because it was an hour's distance away, but because you're on a school bus. And, you know, there weren't that many interstates and things. Where it was. So anyway, so I went to Parkland Middle School, an inner city school. Had a great time. Loved it there. Fit in. Loved my friends. Loved my teachers. And then eighth grade came back to my home middle school hmm. uh, there, uh, which was connected to our high school for eighth grade. And then ninth through twelfth went to Fern Creek High School, where I graduated there. Was a all right student <laughs> i would i would get c's and and some b's and a very rarely an a but uh but then there were some classes i'd get d's and mm. uh and things and barely man or f's even and barely managed to pull off a d for the main report card the one that counted wow you know, on six weeks i'd okay. get an f and most of because i was i was not a good student in that regards i wasn't i wasn't um disciplined um my dad was a brain he was a a, a wizard you know at math and all that stuff and math came hard to me. And when I would go home, I'd, I'd have dad try to help me with my homework. And he didn't mean to, but it's like he'd almost treat me like I was dumb. And so I just I just hated doing it. Wow. And uh, he pushed me into algebra as a freshman in high school instead of pre-algebra and into sophomore geometry, algebra two as a junior. All And I was, so I was a year ahead, but doing terribly. Mm-hmm. If I would just been able to stay back with my peers, I would have done better. But anyway was involved in just about every extracurricular activity you could think of. I was a high school mascot and marching band, ROTC, and all that stuff. Um, and then graduated from Frank Creek High School, was, uh, what was that, Sergeant Arms? I was Sergeant Arms in my class, and uh, so I was one of the class officers. Went to the University of Louisville, enrolled there, got a music scholarship for the first uh, uh, three semesters, and then my grades were terrible. Uh, I ended up majoring in Baptist Student Union more than I did music school. I was supposed to playing ping pong and watching Days of Our Lives and all that, skipping classes. And so I had to sit out a semester, wow. came back, changed my major to recreation education, a bachelor of science, and nailed it and was on the dean's list. And so basically I tell everybody I crammed four years of school 
four years of college into five is what I did. So that's my education. I, I just recently have I had a little stirrings about maybe getting a master's degree, oh. but, but not anything major. Nothing. I've looked it up online. Some things I could do, but I, I had I had I don't know that I'll take anywhere past that. What about you? Well, as I as I look back on it, I, I guess uh, we had kindergarten, and so um, well, I went to La Honda, which was for kindergarten, and then we uh, uh, moved, and we went to um, we were still in, in in Lompoc, but then I went to El Camino for first grade, but it wasn't really first grade; it was second grade. I basically skipped first grade. They did some academic test on some me or some test or something, and they said that Brad should be in second grade reading and second grade math. You well, go, I hate, Doogie. I hate math. So, um, so I, I got to hang in the home room for about fifteen minutes, and then the rest of the day I was in uh, second grade. So, then we moved again and went back to La Honda and did third, fourth, fifth, and sixth there. Uh, third grade, um, it was it was pretty dope, Mr. Honeycutt. Um, he was a um, he was very staunchly. Now you you have to remember this is when the Vietnam War was going on, so he was staunchly against World uh, Vietnam. So that's basically our third grade education was how terrible you know America was and how Vietnam was great. And I remember one thing we had to do. We had this is crazy as I look back on it because this would never fly today. We had to populate how many people actually died in the Vietnam War, okay, seriously, and we had to do a tick mark with each of them, and we had this huge banner across the wall that had all the tick marks of everybody that died in the Vietnam War. Just Americans or total? No, total. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and then we had to keep going. I mean, it was like a running tally. The whole, the, the whole third grade. So it was crazy. I meant, so that's what I remember most about, about third grade. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was office rocker. Fourth grade was better. Um, I remember, the only thing I remember is learning how to make a stained glass window, you know, with paper <laughs> and, the, yeah. and, and now I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think, was that, are you 10 in fourth grade? You're six when you're in first grade. So you're probably seven when you're in second you're eight when you're in third. You're nine when you're in fourth grade. Nine, okay. All right. Nine so, or ten. All right. So mom let me start riding my bike to school, which I thought was cool besides walking. So I remember that because I got a bike that year. And then uh, fifth, sixth, went to, La, went to La Honda. And then they had to bus us because uh, Lompoc Junior High was another eight miles away. So took the bus there. Uh, Lompoc Junior High was great. Um, that is when I was um, introduced to a slide rule. Does anybody remember a slide I remember rule? Slide rule sure. I had a I had a teacher that wanted us to use slide rules, so we had slide rules, and that was the first time I fell in love. Her name was Leah Falk, and I remember walking into math class, and I was just like, "Oh my God! I mean, there are girls that look like this." Can I borrow your slide rule? Exactly. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And then, do you uh, remember compasses? Yeah, the little metal point with a pencil on the end of it. I wonder if they still let you use those because that's like a not. weapon yeah. today. And a protractor, compass, and a protractor. So, um, and you know, about this time, I started running with the really smart kids. Uh, my cousin is valedictorian, 
So I started hanging with not her crowd because they were, but we used to call them Soshis. <laughs> Soshis. But um, I started running with the, with the really smart kids, and which made me feel really dumb. So in high school, um, I did marching band all four years, and I, I played on the percussion line, did that. And I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to play my drum and be left alone. Uh, every PE, I took swimming and ran with the smart kids. And I always kind of really felt dumb. But as I look back on it, it, it gave me the opportunity to strive to reach these people that were naturally smart. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I was, I was smart. I mean, I had... I don't know, a 3.4 or something like that through high school. Never got a D, never got an F, you know, barely ever got a C. It was just A's and B's. But my friends, I met my girlfriend was valid Victorian. She was straight A student. So, you know, keeping up with Janice was just incredible. But all my, my circle of friends were so smart. It was just amazing that they, you know, I'd sit in physics class and, you know, have a strange look on my face. And they're like, oh, yeah, no big deal. So that was one of the challenges that I had to overcome in high school was feeling insufficient because I wasn't smart as my friends. And as I look back on it, I'm glad they really challenged me. But um, never did the math thing, man. I, 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 I can't do math to save my life. And so after I graduated, I went to JC, junior college. It was called um, Hancock, uh, Allen Hancock College. We called it Handout High <laughs> or High School with Ashtrays. And so... I got to tell you this, it was like high school on steroids, except for this one class. I had this class in Algebra 2, and the teacher was definitely bipolar. We had books from the 1950s, and she talked so fast that I thought, I was like, there's just no way I'm going to pass this class, and I need this to you know to get credits. Well... Come to find out, ninety percent of the class fired uh, was uh, was failed, ninety percent. So they fired her. Oh my goodness! So the next year, I, or that next semester, I went into another one with uh, Dr. McGivney, and he actually brought out a coloring book, a an Algebra two coloring book, and I got an A plus. Oh, there you go. So I thought that there was really go. cool. Um, graduated with them there uh, with honors or something like that. I, I don't remember. I don't care. I came out with an AA. Tried to start a school radio station there. That fell apart like it was no tomorrow uh, because they kept playing the wrong music and it was too loud and the kids were complaining and da-da-da-da-da. So we shut that down. Then I went to San Diego State University on, um, and I majored in radio management. And uh, it was like a dream. I mean, it was hanging around radio geeks. <laughs> That's all that mattered, man. That's all that mattered. I got involved in college radio, and no, I wasn't one of those dope smoking, you know, drinking, you know, let's all play, you know, psychedelic mushroom music. Uh, we took ours and turned it into Screaming Top 40 Radio, and we had a band of people that we used to run with, and uh, it was awesome. MTV came to San Diego State University because it was one of the biggest party schools back then. Playboy Magazine came and did interviews and stuff like that. So San Diego State... It was not a commuter campus. There was 50,000 kids on that campus. Wow. And Greek life ruled. And if you weren't yeah. a Greek, you're you're a geek. Sure. Well, I was in radio. 
So I was way cooler than that. And <laughs> also I was in the, the San Diego State Marching Aztecs. There you go. So I was on the drum line also. So that kept me pretty busy. Had some girlfriends. It didn't, really didn't work out. They didn't like the Christianity thing. And I was not involved in church. And that's when, if you listen to podcasts before this, this is, uh, this is when the cults all started trying to yeah. infiltrate the schools and stuff like that. Had some good part-time jobs. Never did radio because it was union and you couldn't get in unless you were the best of the best but i came out of san diego state with a 3.2 and so yeah do you think you know with today with the current trend that we're in right now um a a lot all of our kids are having to do the at-home learning yeah and how would you have done as a child (sighs) in home learning with your family i think me and my three brothers um my brother sean and my brother jonathan would probably have done great my brother eric and i Probably not so great. I mean, my mom would have given it a fair shot, and she would have done an okay job. And just the fear of my dad coming home and us, her tattling on us that we didn't pay attention, didn't do our things, you know, that would have been enough, I think, to keep us in line. If I was young, if I was in elementary school, it probably would have been a problem because I was hyperactive when I was younger, and I was just uncontrollable back then. If If it was in junior high... In high school, I probably would have, I probably would be in prison right now because my brother and my sister would have driven me crazy. <laughs> they're they're closer to, they're closer to each other, and so it was not uncommon to see my brother slug my sister at the dinner table just for no sure. unapparent brother, reason. No. Yeah. exactly yeah. normal relations. But I'm five years older than bo- five years than my brother and seven than my sister. But I think that my brother and sister would have. Just drove my mom crazy. I was so social. I've always been a real social person. And I know you find that hard to believe. I'm an extrovert. And so I don't know that I, I'd have a hard time not being able to see my friends. Being here like this and the way our current situation is, I come in in the morning, scrub down the studio, do my show, scrub down the studio and get out. And then Brad comes in and does the same thing. We don't see anybody no. right now because everybody's working from home. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, I can't see my friends. I mean, I'm texting my friends saying, dude, I haven't (laughs) seen you in a month, man. Hope you're still alive. That's right. That's right. All right. Favorite songs right now that we're listening to. For me, it's uh, going to get better from Stars Go Dim. I think that sums up perfectly uh, how I feel about this whole uh, uh, coronavirus and things. Hey, God's got this. It's going to get better. We just have to hold on. Do you have one? You know what's really been on my mind is... um, there's actually two of them that uh, gone through. Uh, first is uh, Building 429, Blessing I Can't See. Yeah. That's a great one. But another one that's been heavy on my heart right now, and, and, and really it is, is the afters, I Will Fear No More. Sure. And, you know, every time I, and, and we kind of, you know, look at this situation that we're in right now and, you know, and we just turn our eyes to Jesus and, you know, and we can understand that he takes our fear and such like that. And just listening to those words, you have overcome the darkness. And I, and I think that's just something that I'm just clinging to right now. And yeah. hopefully you are too. Yeah, big time. All right, so health and fitness, we talk about that from time to time. For me, I'm really kind of struggling because Planet Fitness is closed. All the gyms are closed and all of that. And so I'm having to get creative at home with workouts and you can do that you can do core stuff and things i can run in the neighborhood and things what about you have you because you run in the park a lot and you run out and about 
Have you felt uh, a little iffy about going out and running? Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, my wife Beth is just like, you really shouldn't go on trail because if you come across somebody that's wheezing and, you know, and they're huffing and puffing that you could go through their space or something like that. And I said, Beth, there are so many people afraid to even be out right now. I probably see no one now. I mean, I used to see like maybe two or three, like every other mile or something like that. Pass them. Hey, how you doing? But there's no one out there right now. So, but that's not saying, hey, let's all go out there and run. Right. But there's, I mean, it's it's very iffy, you know, to to go out on trail, and you can kind of just see the uh, the hesitation when you get out there too. People kind of looking at you, and you're looking at them, and it's like, well, why are they out here? Why why are they out here? And then you see people out there wearing masks. That's the crazy one. You're on trail. You're four miles in, and you see people with masks on. That's that. And, and let me give you kind two. Kind of weird, th- you out a little let bit. Let me give you. Well, give me. I'll give you the scenario. If you are restricting your breathing while you're on trail, you could have a heart attack right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I. You know, on situations like this, I would go to the gym, work out. Nah, the only thing we have right now is trail, and then you've got to basically strategically keep yourself. Social distancing, even when you see somebody on trail, you kind of you kind of veer off from each other like 90 yeah. degrees. Step off into the brush there exactly. a little bit. ComeOnLet'sGo.com is one of our ministries here at Partners for Christian Media. And if you need hope and encouragement or you want a little boost in that, Rend Collective, who's one of our artists we play on J103, they've done a video the lead singer has, and I think it's going to bring you hope like you say you need this time of, of, of what, with what's going on or any time in your life. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Come on, let's go.com. All right, Brad, as we finish things up here today, our would you rathers. Okay. Would you rather every shirt you ever wear be kind of itchy or only be able to use one ply toilet paper? You know those itchy shirts you get sometimes? Yes. You're like, oh, I can't stand this. Yes, yes, But then yes. again, one ply toilet paper. Uh, I don't think that's wise. I'd, I'd end up using too much of that. Although, you're not in the restroom that many times. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go all day long. I'm going to go with the one ply because, I, yeah, wearing an itchy shirt would just drive me absolutely insane. But using one ply, I, you know, I'm not in the bathroom that often anyway. So, yeah, I'll do the one ply. Need to have some more fiber, buddy. Um, all right. Would you rather be able to wear, uh, to never be able to wear pants or. Never be able to wear shorts. I'm wearing shorts today. I didn't see what you were wearing when we're you shorts, came in. Holmes. Got shorts. Okay, so we're both in shorts. I think I know the answer to this. Would you rather never be able to wear pants or never be able to wear shorts? Dude, I got to wear shorts at all times. I mean, I was that goofball in high school where it's 12, de- well, it never got to 12 degrees, but, you know, it got to be 60. <laughs> it got to be 60, and I'd be wearing shorts, you know, I, and... Uh, Nah, I just don't see a need for pants. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there's been times I'll wear shorts church in the, in the summertime and things right like on, that. Right on, man. You know, nice shorts, nice, you know, khaki short type things. But, but yeah, I want to show off the wheels. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I've always been blessed with big calves. Yeah, it's and, true. Uh, um, you and, so, and Beth. No, I'm, I'm shorts. I'd, I'd, I'd rather yeah, have shorts. I'm more comfortable that way, more laid back. I think you can be dressed up in shorts. Now, to never be able to wear pants, though, I'd look kind of silly officiating some weddings in some churches with no, your d- shorts No, didn't on. you do um, one of our staff members? Um, 
Or did you did you wear long pants? I, I, at that yeah, stand? I definitely had long pants. I, I took off my sports coat though oh, okay. for for Brett's wedding when right. I uh, officiated their wedding. I've done weddings on the beach with shorts, swim trunks, and things like that. Okay, shorts. Yeah. All right, yeah. But uh, I've never been done an inside wedding or anything like that with shorts on. So that may be a little difficult for us. Let me ask you a question: What if you went to church, Silverdale? Right. That's where we're going. And yeah. Pastor Tony came in wearing shorts. I think that's cool. What do you think the congregation would think? I haven't been there that long, so I don't have a good feel on what everybody thinks. There are some older people there that would think, but you know what? The whole mentality there is kind of like, eh, whatever. It's exactly. Back, See, know? if Pastor Frank came up wearing shorts, I'd be like, dude, rock on. That's right. Where'd you get those at? Can dude, I, you know, yes, exactly. Hope Talk is another podcast. If you are into this one or if we have bored you to death and you're asleep, you want to try something a little bit more exciting, it's Hope Talks with our buddies Jared and Brett. Uh, wherever you can download podcasts, just like this one here, you can tune in and get some more hope into your life. They talk about different avenues. In fact, they, they talked to me last month about, or maybe it's this coming up month, I can't remember, we recorded it, um, on how can we minister to our church staff, because I once was on a church staff for years, 24 years, and now I'm just a, a layperson, so how can you best do that? So check it out wherever you can get podcasts. It's the Hope Talk podcast with Jared and Brett. Let's go back to shorts for a second. All right, so when you were in junior high, did you have the OP shorts? Oh, yeah, jams. Yeah. Yeah, we had jams and we had OPs. Did sure, you? Okay. Sure. And okay, I got pictures of this and I'm afraid to post them, but did you pull your socks all the way up over your no, knees? I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Okay. And then would you rather wear OPs? Now, for those that don't understand what an OP Ocean is, Ocean Pacific. Ocean Pacific. You'll have to look the them brands, up. brands, a brand. But of they were short. <laughs> they were they were like dolphin shorts, if you remember correctly. Would you rather wear those or would you rather wear the, the long jams? I'd rather have the OPs. Really? Yeah, because I'm more laid back and more, you know, less less restrictive and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. To me, if shorts go past your knees, they're not shorts. They're Bermuda pants. Oh, okay. You know. All right. And uh, But I had some jams there for a while. There. All right, yeah. Floral ones and yeah, everything like Yeah, yeah, man. And if you yeah. don't know where jams are, just look that up on Google and you'll understand. Ask your grandkids. Oh, man, but didn't we Ask look? Ask your grandparents. I don't know about you, but I thought, as I look back on the, the 80s and, and looking at the, us wearing OPs, is like... Gosh, we look geeky. <laughs> and Terry Cloth shirts, that's I a conversation. Those. Oh, don't even get me started talking about the fishnet t-shirt I had one time. Oh, no. You have been listening to the Ted and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast.